I feel like my my contribution to the last open wide was good because I I either asked questions or kind of played devil's not a devil's advocate. Yeah, you don't want to claim that title. But well, um, what's the word then? You're just poking just the bear. Poking the bear. There we go. Yeah, causing a tiff. Causing a tiff. <laughs> well, just maybe coming from like in that one, I felt like I was trying to come from you know the questions that were being presented. You yeah. Know? Well. You know, yeah, the Bible, you know, if the Bible's rated R, isn't, wouldn't it, shouldn't we just get all our, our rated R source from the Bible? Because at least we know that's inspired. We could talk about the Bible and film. We could get there. But So, so you want me to ask the question? For open wine. Yeah, let's just Open go. wine. Yeah. Welcome just, to Stories for yeah. Glory podcast. Open wine. Bottle two. Right. The Jesus movie shown in Africa. Is that what you want to talk about? I don't know. Oh, oh, go I ahead. have never seen it, but I'm assuming it depicts Christ you know oh and it's been used in all sorts of tribal situations for people to come to faith judging by the title yeah i would say it depicts christ i haven't seen it me either well we should put it on the list put it on the list to review the jesus movie well it's, well, I don't like, it's, well, I don't like you know it. what i'm talking about though right like the where they would like they would have missionaries going into tribes and they would and show them their witch yeah. doctor magic on the screen <laughs> Well, no. I think they would take time and then they would show this film yeah. and like people would be like, and like I'd, legitimate conversions, I believe. Yeah. You know, I don't think like just, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I've heard of it. This I've never heard of it. Big evangelistic tool. Mm -hmm. Yep. Must have been before my generation. Yeah. It might be. It was in black and white. No, it wasn't. <laughs> so is that what you want to talk about for this open world? Oh, no, not. I was just curious what we were talking about. Adaptation of scripture to the screen? Yeah. Or do you want to talk about something else? Well, was there something along with the chosen? You know, you had you had said some things that I'd probably never thought about because I think I'd even talked about the Mel Gibson's making another the follow-up to the Passion of Christ. Uh-huh. Is he really? I yeah. guess, yeah. It's, I think I heard it's the resurrection. Yeah, you shouldn't. Okay. Why not? Let's see, this is where it should be. Yeah. Oh, oh so this is where she, you know we should I didn't know that we were going to go there. I thought we were going to talk about Disney. <laughs> well, Disney will probably make a... They're going to make a cartoon one? Yeah. Once once we all boycott them, they'll make a Jesus movie. Well, I might be the naysayer when it comes to adaptation of the Bible to screen. So yeah. should I say my piece, my little bits first? Yeah. You say yours and then I'll rebut. Okay. It shouldn't be done, in my opinion. Oh. There. Um... I got one point. <laughs> <laughs> you got one point to counter my no. my statement, my declaration. It was, it was a good argument on my part, wasn't it? It was. It was very convincing, concise. Yeah. yeah I don't. Uh, would you like me to try to clarify a couple yeah. things? No. Why? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't think it should be a, attempted to be adapted because it adds in by necessity elements that aren't there in scripture that people i'm not saying everybody could or would but people could start to assume that those elements actually occurred in the scriptures you know i don't i haven't seen the chosen but i could imagine a scenario where people are assuming that what peter's doing on the screen is what peter did in the book of acts and the things that he does in the book of acts or on the screen don't match up but then they confuses people in their minds and this actually happened to me when i was a pastor in wisconsin remember that tv show is it just called the bible no, it wasn't remember. the people who did the chosen didn't they before do something before that it was a really high production high value well done and it was on it was on tv i mean hmm. it was i think it was called the bible i didn't but see it from like genesis uh to the gospels they would tell bible stories I remember watching, I remember watching the one on Sodom and Gomorrah and the angels to get Lot and his family out. They had like these uh, double-edged swords, like kind of like uh, Darth Maul's lightsaber. <laughs> and they're like doing ninja kicks and twirling and killing people in Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, like they had to fight their way out of the city and kill a bunch of people to make a way for Lot and his family to get out. You're like, well, the Bible doesn't say that. You know, and, but then I, even when, I was the pastor of this church. 
one of my elders, he told me that he loved, this was during an elders meeting. He loved the part in the, in the Bible when Jesus took, when he called Peter to be a disciple and he took Peter by the hand and he said, Peter, <laughs> come with me. And Peter said, why Lord? And Jesus looked up into the wind and he said, because we're going to change the world. And my elder said that was that's one of his favorite parts of the whole Bible. Ooh, yikes. And I said that didn't happen in the Bible. As an elder? Yeah. But he's taking what's happening in this adaptation of the scriptures on the screen, and he's taking it as authoritative of what the scriptures actually teach. Granted, he shouldn't have been an elder. <laughs> like, if you don't know the Gospels that well, to know that that didn't actually happen in them, maybe you shouldn't be an was, elder. Did but... Jesus have blue eyes? I don't remember. I never saw that episode. And uh, so the, I think those are some pitfalls. That, mm. that would be a pitfall. And I, I don't want to be a monophysite. I think Jesus can be depicted, but it ought to be done carefully and purposefully. Oh, okay. So who, who's to decide that? Me. No. <laughs> <laughs> because that's a, well, that sounds example, like a, ahead, that sounds like a, pragmatic reason not to do it well, but, yeah. but isn't that a good one wouldn't all christians have the responsibility to know their bible well enough to discern film ad adaptations versus what's actually in would an eight-year-old would an eight-year-old what well it was the disney one the prince of egypt with mm -hmm. so would an eight-year-old who knows the exodus story be able to determine by watching the prince of egypt what's biblically sound, historically accurate compared to what Disney made up? No, probably not. But wouldn't it be helpful for like a parent to go, okay, let me point you out the differences. That's not in scripture, but this is. No. And that's not, and this is. I don't think so. What about, <laughs> what about this? Well, so some huh? Jesus being depicted as a problem in one way. Because if you watch the Lord of the Rings movies and then you try to read the books, Elijah Wood mm -hmm. is for Yeah, now. he's in your mind. Yeah, he's and so when you, when you have Jesus depicted in such a clear manner, you know, full frame, mm -hmm. here he is, uh, rather than like a, a placeholder, mm -hmm. um, then that image of Jesus as this man who is an actor can invade and imprint upon your mm -hmm. memory for who Jesus is. And I think that could be a problem. I, yeah. I wanted to finish my monophysite thought. Yeah. Is it almost too late for anybody that's seen any kind of, you know, medieval art or, you know, depictions of Christ? Well, that's true because there's been depictions of Christ all through church history. Right. I think everybody, that's why, you know, the light brown haired, blue eyed Jesus is. Yeah. You, you see thing. a silhouette of Jesus. And you're like, oh, that's Jesus because there's mm. such a cultural image of his person yeah that even if you just see the silhouette of him or a, a side sideways yeah. glance you're like oh yeah that's jesus that's jesus any more birkenstocks yeah birkenstocks mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's why i don't want to say that jesus cannot be depicted but he ne it needs to be done carefully and purposefully yeah which is what's chosen did <laughs> no okay so then my so the sorry you, you were gonna say something no, I'm just arguing. Yeah, oh. go ahead. Argue. What about the what about those? Sometimes sometimes a pastor might in his sermon illustrations say, and can't you just picture Jesus like rolling his eyes at the disciples in the boat, saying, I told you this is about that isn't that something dangerously similar to what you're talking about? No. Well, so when Jesus is in the house of Mary and Martha, okay. and Jesus says, Martha, Martha, remember that part? Uh -huh. How does he say it? Just like that. Like it is on the text, Martha, Martha. So I don't think it's wrong to say, Martha, Martha. Is that how Jesus said it? Or was it Martha, Martha? Martha, Martha, how did Martha. He, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to say, how did Jesus say Martha, Martha? There's really no way to know because the text doesn't tell us. Right. So then we would talk about it. Yeah. But then when you're depicting it in a film, as he says it one way or the other, if he says it in rebuke, 
or he says it in consternation or in exasperation or however, uh, that becomes solidified in people's minds. Like, this is the way he said it. Well, you don't know that. Yeah, so the pastor should read scripture in monotone so oh. as not to lead people to one belief or another that he was rebuking or... We should just read the Bible and not preach. Preaching, I would not want to equate preaching with film adaptations of the scriptures. Those are two different categories. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. It would, I would be remiss as a minister if, if I played the Prince of Egypt on Sunday morning for the congregation rather than preaching. Yeah, that would be remiss. Of... <laughs> they're, yeah. they're just two different things. But We'd miss the re- it, uh, yes, yes, I'm not against Christians using their imagination while they read the Bible. You should. What, but, what would it have been like, you know, to be at the tomb where Lazarus was raised? Mm. Yeah, think about it. Yeah. Right? But when you start depicting those things, then what creeps into people's minds are actions and words of Christ that didn't actually take place. Sure. Which can also happen if that elder had been preaching. You know, you run the danger of a preacher adding this or that in mm -hmm. that might not have actually been what was actually going on in Scripture. So there's always that danger. I suppose so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I watched The Chosen <gasps> Season. Yes, I admit. You watched the Mormon adaptation? Yes. My mom will never forgive Testament? me. And she listens to this. Hi, Mom. <laughs> I watched it, and I the whole time I was watching it. On the one hand, it's like, I don't, I don't know if I should enjoy watching this. But on the other hand, but on the other hand, it's you know in the beginning it's it's covering Mary Magdalene, and in Scripture you read, and Mary Magdalene was uh, possessed by seven, seven demons. demons yeah. I wonder what and that was like. Da, 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 da. But when you see it depicted, you see the the awfulness um just the the hopeless futility the terrible situation she's in and i don't and i i still don't know whether that's a good thing or but to me it made a huge impression it's like whoa that was a terrible state she was in it's not just seven words on a page and i would say quit having the screen do your heavy lifting for you Grow up in your imagination. But that... <laughs> we'd both still end up at the same place. Who, who's we both? This, either the screen adaptation or my imagination. Oh. We'd both still end up at the same place. Wow. And isn't that the point of watching Yeah, but, but now every, so time, every time you read about Mary Magdalene being possessed by seven demons, the only thing you're going to think about is a TV show that depicted it. No, not necessarily. Which may have been wrong. Not necessarily. <laughs> but if we're supposed to... No, grow, Elijah Wood is Frodo. See, we're... <laughs> if we're supposed to grow up and use our imagination, then we shouldn't watch any film at all. That's not what I'm saying. Yes, you know that's, that's what not, you're saying. No, that's... <laughs> that's what I heard. There you go. That's what I wrote down. We need to get a straw man so I can light it on fire. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, uh, yeah. Well, I'm I, not suggesting that Christians can't watch it. I don't want to be that dogmatic. I wouldn't necessarily show my kids those things because I don't think they're, they have enough scripture in their bones to be able to spit out, you know, what's bad. Mm -hmm. They just don't, I don't want them to confuse the two, but you grew up in the church. How old are you now? 62. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll see you later folks. Yeah. Well, you've been reading scripture, you know, as long as you've been able to read. Hardly. Hardly. Yeah. No, well, you, know, I, you, you take it for granted when you're younger. Yeah, I suppose. And yeah. I remember... But you have digested <laughs> enough scripture to be able to tell the difference and to know what's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. You know the Gospels well enough, particularly when it comes to the Chosen in the book of Acts. So I wouldn't be worried about that necessarily for you. Mm -hmm. But for majority of evangelicals in America, eh, they're all like eight-year-olds. Mm. So I guess this isn't good for you guys. You're not ready for it. So there are certain things that you would 
shield people from watching in their home. Yeah, just go watch Nacho Libre. <laughs> just... Because that same argument could be applied to movie standards. Yeah. You could argue, I think most of evangelical America couldn't handle all the movies that we're reviewing. Maybe. Well, like, uh, the horror movie we reviewed is A Quiet Place. Yeah. Right? So, in my mind, film adaptations of scripture can be more damaging to an immature Christian than A Quiet Place. Does that make sense? Not to me, but I understand what you're saying. A Quiet quiet Place is is a film outside the realm of scripture in which we can apply scriptural themes to it and learn from. Where an adaptation of the scripture uh, is an exposition of what God said. And I, one, uh, the first one, where you're analyzing fiction through the lens of the scripture is entirely different than the exposition of scripture done on the screen. Those are two different things. What if a... It's, it's like, it'd be like sitting under a liberal pastor, just making stuff up. Yeah, that's great. That's where I was going. What if a really godly, faithful pastor Mormons. oversaw oversaw a film ad- adaptation i don't think he would because if he's like me did you hear that right I said if he's God. like me he wouldn't do it well i don't know can you think of any i mean i don't i can't think of any well-known conservative group that's advocating for anything except well i guess the passion Mel Gibson's The Passion. That was a big push. Well, I think I think there's, which again, I think no. Lifeway has actually published, and granted, it's Lifeway, you know, but that, that's yeah. the Southern Baptist, you know, printing press. Well, there you go. You know, um, Bible studies on the chosen. Uh, ooh, ouch! Um, before I Bible me, studies on the chosen. Gonna, you rather, should look that up before you uh, throw rather, Lifeway under uh, the bus. Yeah, rather than well, Bible studies on the Bible, they have Bible studies on the chosen. Yep. Well, I remember Which, one church that we attended in our younger years where the pastor would do sermon series on popular television shows. Mm-hmm. So his sermon series, The Real Desperate Housewives. That makes total sense. And he would, yeah. And it's just that kind of stuff is what I can see liberal pastors doing with The Chosen. Yeah. You're just, ah, no thanks. Yeah. So God should have never gave them the brass serpent because they abused it. Yeah, we're abusing film, right? We're abusing the screen. It's our brass serpent by adapting scripture to it. Is that what you're saying? Did you just make my argument for me? Greg? No, <laughs> oh. no, I'm refuting your argument. Oh, okay. You're saying we abuse it, so therefore we shouldn't have it. That's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> the liberal pastor abused it. Or Lifeway. We'll find uh, out. I'm finding out right now. Uh, no, well, just because something can be abused uh, doesn't mean that Christians should avoid it. Sex can be abused, but that yeah. doesn't mean a husband and wife can't have it. Right. You can use a car to run someone over purposefully, but that doesn't mean Christians should quit driving. Yeah. So film is a gift of God that ought to be used rightly. Yeah. And in my estimation, mm-hmm. making adaptations of Scripture is not a wise use of it. So in spite of how the mature, how the church matures over the centuries... And this this technological gift God gave us, we must never mingle film with, with the, the written word. Yeah, we we live in the era of the ear. And it's after we die and arise in the resurrection that we'll see him face to face. Sure. So but... the, so the resurrection is the age of the eye. Right now it's the age of the ear. But we see all kinds of stuff. I mean, we enjoy movies. Yeah, and there's a difference between film and scripture. Scripture is scripture. The word of God is infallible and inerrant and God-breathed. The chosen isn't. But people can start to assume it is. But Mother Church has had depictions all through her history. You mean like um, wood, Bible cutout, art stuff, and stained glass windows? and They can be what I would call abused, but icons, statues, pictures, depictions. Yeah. They just didn't have the technology of film. Right. And you can see it abused, but we all acknowledge 
yeah, depictions of Christ aren't necessarily wrong. So one frame frozen in time is okay, but a thousand frames. No, I, I said that Christ ought not to be depicted like that, in my opinion. So in I don't a, think it's okay. In a picture? Yeah, I don't think it's okay. Oh, for some of the same reasons that I mentioned before. What did you find I, out? I don't. It was David C. Cook, but I just I know of. Yeah, I, I know of some Christians that have like conservative Christians that have been using that as their evangelistic outreach type stuff. No, like as their discipleship within the church. Oh, uh, yeah. See, no. Uh -uh. So, oh, well, because it's abused doesn't mean it's totally wrong. Because the <laughs> well, brass <that's>... serpent. <laughs> Are you not catching what I'm laying down? I'm picking it up and giving it back. Um, I, no, I said that I don't want to be dogmatic for all Christians. It is a wisdom issue. And I don't think that the church climate culture in America is wise enough to handle something like that. You might be. Caleb might be. But the church at large isn't, in my estimation. But that's why I want to say I don't want to say Christians cannot watch this. I don't want to say that. We're talking about why I don't think we should be making Bible into film. Hmm. So, oh, should I qualify that? Why I don't think we should be making Bible into film right now. Oh, right now it's oh, good. That's so helpful. Or ever. That's oh, helpful. Oh, you oh, seem oh. to be all over the board on this. I can't track what you're I saying. I think I'm laying it down pretty easy. <laughs> I have a very strong opinion about it, but I don't want to make my opinion bound upon every Christian's conscience. Mm -hmm. No, you're not doing that. No, but Craig's making Greg's making it sound like I am. <laughs> no, it's, I'm not making it. You are. I am not. But one one point um, that my mom had made um, about the chosen. Mormons. Did she watch it? Was the Mormons oh, the yeah. Mormon influence on it? And that, so you'll stop watching it when Joseph Smith when he shows up. Yeah, the angel Moroni. Yeah. yeah. No, Thanks but that, that's a good point. If the, if there's two executive producers are Mormons and they're oh this is awesome, yeah. then you should go uh. Maybe I'm missing something. If they love it. Yeah. Because there's a such a trouble. stark stark contrast between Mormonism and real Christianity. Or right. Christianity. I shouldn't have to qualify Christianity with the with the word. Yeah. <laughs> with the word real. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe a better question would be to ask, if the Mormons can make something like that, why can't we? Oh, yeah, that is a better question. Because mm -hmm. our listeners don't have to agree with my opinion or your opinion on this. I mean, Jimmy, it's a wisdom issue. Jimmy, yes. When you say, why can't we, you mean a story, like a, a series about the, the Bible? Yeah. I mean, we made Veggie Tales. That was close. I mean, every everything's, the faith is really serious when your hero's in asparagus stock. <laughs> I like the Veggie Tales. Yeah, look how you turn it out. Yeah, I know. But I never knew this that Larry the Cucumber, George Grant. Yeah, was modeled after George Grant. His voice. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I never knew that. Does George Grant know that? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Paul Vischer, he's like as woke as they come now. Yeah. The creator of Veggie Tales. Yeah. But he didn't take it very seriously either. Mm. David and Goliath's about it. Was it tomato and a eggplant or something? Like that? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I I would never. Okay, kids, it's time for Bible instruction. Let's watch Veggie Tales. But it was something fun and at least incorporated biblical themes in entertainment. Well, we're saying that, but we can do that with film and stories outside of depicting scripture. There's there's ways to tell to teach kids and adults about all those themes that you wouldn't have to depict the Bible and film for. So you'd, you would uh, think it was a sad thing that uh, the 10 commandments with Charlton Heston and Yule Brenner was made. I, I don't think it should have been. I've only seen it like twice and that was a long time ago. So I can't recall details of what's good and bad. So if you were to ask me, what about the Ten Commandments of Charlton Heston isn't biblical? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Yeah. I just don't have details so of it. So what about like the passion? I mean, I just out of curiosity. So for a mature believer, someone that isn't going to watch the passion of Christ and 
like they would, you know, like an immature. Where the devil looks like an androgynous human. Right. Just. Or when Jesus gets up out of the garden of Gethsemane, he steps on a serpent's head. He didn't really do that. <laughs> but people think he did. Uh, That's not where he crushed a serpent's head. He crushed a serpent's head when he died. I don't think that that actually happened. Yeah, well, I, I know that people do. Symbolic. Well, but so for you, because you know it didn't happen. Yeah. You just would say it's still, just don't do it. Well, I, yeah, I don't think it's necessary. And I remember when it came out, it was a big, you know, push. Churches were buying tickets and they were getting study guides and they were, it's a good outreach and evangelistic event. And, and the thing that the passion of the Christ is missing, if I remember correctly from when I saw it a long time ago, was why Jesus was being crucified. Like, can you, just I, thinking back on the passion, the movie that Mel Gibson made, why did the Pharisees kill Jesus? I Just in the movie, yeah. 10, 12 years. Just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's just not there. So, no, I, I don't think it was a good thing. That's just my opinion. Other people really liked it. And I, it was... It was popular back in the day for like Good Friday services for ministers to go through the scientific. It even is today. Well, oh, like the, the excruciating pain that Jesus suffered. Like the doctor's perspective. Yes. The physician's perspective yes. of the cross. And how, oh, what he went through for uh, the two thieves on each side of him went, they went through, through the same too. thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So just the, I can see, I can see the point about trying to physically depict the suffering that he went through. Oh. I thought you were <laughs> what? I, thought, I you were, thought you were stepping on my side of the I line. I thought you were having a seizure there. No, I was fist, <laughs> fist pumping. No. Is uh, missing most of the point. Um, but again, I, I saw the Passion of the Christ and the Chosen. And when I was younger, I saw Jesus of Nazareth, the whatever and left behind the three-part tv <laughs> series well i, I think there, there's probably value in a doctor coming along and saying this is what crucifixion was like in the mm -hmm. first century because when the gospels were written everybody knew what crucifixion crucifixion was a lot like you know so even in like josephus and the great uprising that barabbas was part of josephus recounts that two thousand jews were crucified outside of jerusalem everybody knew you know, the pains and the rigors of crucifixion. Uh, we don't. We right. have them up on our walls. We have crosses on our necks. You know, like right. we, I remember a Christian bookstore, they had a cuddle cross. It was a plush, fuzzy cross that kids could snuggle. It's like, you don't understand. <laughs> I think Mike Lindell sells those. Now. Yeah, the <laughs> stuff with my pillow. So yeah. there might be, I think there is value. I mean, that's part of the imagination as well. Because obviously the, a physician wasn't there. So he's using his imagination to tell you what it's about. Mm -hmm. But depicting it on the screen is just different. We have, uh, we have the capacity to remember images far better than we do, unfortunately, words. And this is, this is like a big trap where you need to be careful with your young boys and what you show them on the screen when it comes to you know the other sex. Because we're so image-based. Mm. I mean, I remember, I remember the first time that my brother handed me a nudie magazine, right? Just, what was I, like 10? <laughs> you know? And those images are still in my head. Mm -hmm. And when you start messing around with images like that, especially when you're trying to depict God's word, I just think it's dangerous. Because those images stick with you. Yeah. You're not equating video depictions of scripture to nudie magazines correct but the images stick with you i'm talking about the power of the image yeah. right yes the power of the image and i was yeah. using the nudie magazine as a as an example of the power of the image uh -huh. so the power of the image is what gives you great trepidation but wouldn't that moving beyond I like your hyperbole moving beyond depicting scripture through image. Um, if it's the power of the image that bothers or is the, the scary feature that would flow into all of our movie watching. 
Um, wouldn't that really raise the bar on the standards for well, movies that we watch? Well, perhaps maybe to shift the analogy, I feel like, I think, and I feel like. Yeah, don't say feel. I feel. <laughs> my heart is leading me to believe. <laughs> no, so film adaptations of scripture, in my estimation, would be like reading the message for your Bible reading. Just You just okay. don't. No, you don't go there. You don't yeah. do that. Yeah. That the message is one man's paraphrastic interpretation of what the English Bible says. He's not even yeah. working from the Hebrew and Greek. Yeah. Like you just if mm. you're if you're relying upon the message to be your daily your daily bread, you're not going to get fed. Mm-hmm. And I think the danger is the same. I'm not suggesting anybody's using the passion of the Christ. Like, oh, time to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in my Bible reading. I'm just going to watch the Passion instead. Yeah. I don't think anybody does that. But as an analogy, I think that might be fair in my mind. So wouldn't it be better to say you can watch depictions of Scripture? Which I said. But just (laughs) please stop interrupting. (laughs) Wouldn't it be fair to you can you can watch depictions of Scripture, but please be wary of these pitfalls that you would fall into. So immerse yourself in the word and know God's word inside and out. Yeah. And then then you'll be secure enough to take in film adaptation of scripture. Perhaps. But it's only the film adaptation of scripture as a medium that can distort your understanding of the reading of God's word. Watch, or, watching another film, watching uh, Star Wars A New Hope isn't going to mess with no. the details of the Gospel of Luke. No, it won't. But watching a depiction of the Gospel of Luke is going to mess with the details of the Gospel of Luke. Most directly. But people will argue, well, watching Star Wars A New Hope will confuse you about Scripture because it has Yoda. the Buddhist, you know, the yin and the yang and the light and the dark and... It's probably the Kevin Bacon six degrees removed, mm-hmm. but it can still influence you. But you're saying the, the most dangerous influence will be film adaptation of scripture because it's so... Well, I also would think that watching scripture being adapted into film, your guard will be down. So if you're watching Star Wars and you hope, hopefully, as a good movie watcher, story... Uh, consumer, you'll bring the worldview of the Bible to that. But what if what you're watching on the screen is supposed to be the Bible? Mm. Mm. That's good Your to guard's going to be down. Uh, you're not going to bring, uh, not everybody, of course, but you'd be less likely to bring the worldview of the scripture to something that's supposed to be an adaptation of scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe, maybe the argument would be <clears throat> Film is such a new thing to the church. What, a hundred years? The church has had that technology for a hundred years. And you look around at the church today and the sorry state we are. We can't even write a song. Right. Yeah. But 500, a thousand years from now, when the church is more mature. We won't want to make Bible adaptations. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you're going to say? No, I'm oh. going to say we'll, we'll make good ones. Yeah, because, that could be true too. Yeah. Because we might grow out of my immature my mm-hmm. immature fears of such a thing. Do you think we're so open to film adaptations because of the flannel graph that we had in Sunday school? Or storybook Bible. Yeah. Cartoon. Aren't there graphic Bibles? Graphic novel yeah, comic Bibles? Book ones. There's yeah. a comic book one. Yeah, yeah. there are those. You were getting ready to say something really. Oh, yeah, Caleb, it's been over a half hour. Jump so in. No, I, I, I've not watched The Chosen, so I, you know. Oh, but yeah. you don't have to watch The Chosen to have an opinion. Have an opinion. About yeah, it. I guess I haven't thought much about it just because I feel like my time is so limited on what I can watch that I have other no. things that I'd probably be more interested Keep in. Keep it to Nacho Libre. Keep it to Nacho Libre. And yeah, mine's I not. I have all this free time now. I blow on watching the chosen. Right. Yeah, but now we have an insider. You can tell us. 
what's good and bad about I, it. But I can see I can see both sides, and I, you know, I think Greg was wanting to kind of segue into some some of the the standards you know with imagery saying okay we're not comfortable because it'll burn an image in your mind of you know peter with blonde hair and blue eyes or jesus you know so what do you say with you know when we're watching film secular film you know created by pagans you know it's burning images in our mind as well you know so that's where i think you would make the argument that the fundamentalists would say you know they would make kind of a similar argument, but you're saying it's okay when it's not depicting the scriptures. Um, it's it's fine to an extent. You know, is that what you were trying to get at? Was that what you? Yeah, yeah. I was. If that standard is true, then it also applies to the outside extra scriptural movies that we watch. And I think Jonah's point was, well, sure it does, but there's such a danger with burning scriptural images in your head that might not be in scripture. My image thing has to do with Jesus or the Godhead. I don't mind if it doesn't bother me if somebody has an image of Peter in their mind when they're reading the gospels. Well, good. But if your image of Jesus is Jim Caviezel, is that how you say his name from the passion? Is that the guy from the passion? Like in your mind, when you're praying and, you pray in Jesus' name, and he's your image. Something's wrong. <laughs> sure. Uh, so the image part is with depicting Christ mm-hmm. as the divine son. Uh, the other part that I have a problem with would be the the dialogue in scenes that are depicted on screen that didn't happen mm-hmm. in Scripture. You know, like hmm. the thing in Sodom and Gomorrah with the angels fighting their way out of town? Yeah. Really cool scene. Like, fun fight. Got it. But if my nine-year-old saw that, he's going to be flipping through Genesis. Where's the battle? Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. It's, yeah. it's not there. So I don't mind if the my son sees angels uh, that look like warriors. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Because it's way better than, you know, the fluffy cherubs, <laughs> the fluffy little baby angels. Um, so I don't mind that image type stuff. Uh, the commandments against forming images of worship. That's what bothers me. Yeah. Because when it comes to Christ uh, and you have an image of him of a created man that's separate from the created flesh of Christ, I think that's a problem. Weren't you saying that there was part of the chosen that you enjoyed just like the cultural aspect of, you mm-hmm. know, what it looked like? Yeah. And yeah, tell us about that. Yeah. Um, well, that's one question I was going to ask about the, <clears throat> you're talking about the extra biblical whatever narrative details of Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's one thing where, where when I was watching the chosen, the extra biblical uh, banter or interaction between Jesus and the disciples, which I thought was like, Hmm, this adds, Oh boy, (laughs) this adds depth to the person of Peter or Jesus was human. I'm sure his, they said more than what is revealed in Scripture. And is it <clears throat> is it wrong to contemplate Jesus and Peter's dialogue outside of Scripture? In Scripture, we have what God revealed to us, but we know they discoursed about other things. Maybe they jested and made jokes with each other. I mean, that's part of humanity is relationships with between people. Mm-hmm. And that was that was something that I really struggled with. I mean, is it okay to add depth to the humanity of Christ beyond what Scripture mm-hmm. gives us? Um. Yes. <laughs> because that gets that gets back to the pastor saying, and can't you just see Jesus rolling his eyes at the, I mean it does the same thing. Yeah, I've said from the pulpit and if this were a movie, this is when Jesus would roll his eyes. I'm not calling you out. I was well, no, trying to protect and hide you. <laughs> no, well I've said it. 
Yeah, but I'm not depicting it in film. I'm trying to encourage people to use their imaginations, but I'm not attempting to supplant the scriptures with an adaptation. And wasn't there somebody, I don't want to say a name because I'm not sure, who wrote a story because we see Jesus at 12 years old in the temple, and then we pick up when he's 30. Mm -hmm. And What happened in between? Yeah. And so I thought somebody wrote a story that because it wasn't it required that all Jews join the military or something. Um, but they wrote a story of the time Jesus was in the military and maybe it wasn't centered. Maybe it was like Ben Hur where it was a story around mm. Christ, but mm -hmm. I don't, it's just, just fascinating to think about. Should we, I mean, you, anytime you depict Christ in them interim years, you're going to by default be probably adding to scripture yeah. in some way. I think the particular danger there is that it's Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you wanted to do historic fiction on what was Moses's first 40 years like as a prince of Egypt. Yeah. And you wanted to do the historic research and all the background and write historic fiction. Fine. Like that could be interesting and enlightening in certain ways. Hmm. But the pro the, the issue I have with it is that it's, Jesus and trying to create historic fiction about Moses in my mind is a different thing than trying to create historic fiction about Jesus. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, those books, Jesus calling the mm, Sarah young mm -hmm. in the, in the yeah. preface to the books, Sarah young writes, I dedicate these books to Jesus who reveal all these prayers to me or something like that, or it, it she's inspired by the spirit to write these things down and there are conversations that she has with Jesus. And that it becomes, uh, these are the words of Christ. Hmm. It's like, well, you should probably copy and paste them into the back of your yeah. Bible then. And now she said something like, uh, this is a conversation I had with Moses. Nobody would think like, oh, this is authoritative. Mm -hmm. But because it's Jesus, it's just different. Mm -hmm. So like uh, our kids just listened to uh, G.A. Henty, the cat of Bubastes. Yeah, our kids are listening to that today. And the main character meets Moses. He's about to be put to death because he believes in Yahweh, the one true God. And the prince of Egypt, uh, he kind of takes over the courtroom scene and he interrogates him and he, what's going on and he figures it out. And he goes, it just so happens that I believe in the one true God too. And then before he leaves the courtroom or the palace, he says, what's your name? And he goes, my name is Moses. And you're like, oh, that's pretty neat. You know, but my kids know because we talked to him about it. That didn't. That didn't actually yeah. happen. You know, he's using that as storytelling. And that's different to me than bringing in something with Jesus. But maybe I'm well, maybe I'm having um, double standards there. But Could Jesus is just different. Danger, yeah. too, in just the, the cultural elements. You know, I mean, what would what would our culture in the 30 years, you know, that we're not told, you know, 20 years that we're not told what Jesus was up to? Yeah. Apparently, God says you don't need to know. We don't need to know. Right. And every culture is going to probably have it, you know, a different story, you know, yeah. kind of, I don't know. It just seems not futile, but yeah. just fruitless, at least, you know, it, if not more serious. Uh, he was obeying his father and mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or being a good Jew. Yeah. Being a law abiding Jew. Part of the danger, I suppose, is. is as little, we're so ignorant about the Trinity, about the the in, infinitude of who God is, mm -hmm. that if we write some fictional story of at least one person of the Godhead, Godhead in their life here on earth, we're going to get some stuff wrong. <laughs> Just a couple things, probably. Yeah. 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 And, yeah how dangerous that is. Mm -hmm. but it is it it is fascinating to think about i think i i mean i'm quite unstudied but it seems like especially after the reformation yes it comes up in systematic theology but the the protestant church hasn't really correct me if i'm wrong dealt with the the 
hypostatic union of Christ and how that works out, I guess. You I mean, want to tell our listeners what the hypostatic union well, is? Well, the, the, the divine and human unit, he's totally God, yet he's totally man. I remember re- listening to Rob Rayburn, mm-hmm. and that really made an impression on me. As he, We quite often overlook the total humanity of Christ. We always think, of course he's going to get out of this pickle. He's God. <laughs> of course he knows this. He's God. He could just ride the eagles to Mordor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he had to learn obedience through For suffering. Mm-hmm. And you go, wait, what? Yeah, he's totally God. What? And we miss the total humanity of Christ. Mm-hmm. But I think the danger is to rush ahead and try and understand the total humanity of Christ and then make... Apart from his Godhead. Stupid films about him. Or books. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So did we come to a consensus? Um, we're, we're standing on the well, line, but I'm on one side and you're on the other. <laughs> we know we might have lost Greg's mom as a listener. <laughs> I'm not going to watch The Chosen. I think Greg's mom would like. Did she say, I guess I don't want to put your mom on the spot. We need to honor her. Yeah. No, she will have nothing to do with The Chosen. Oh. And... Uh, <clears throat> I respect that. Neither will I. And I didn't watch season two, so maybe I redeem myself. <laughs> Jesus did that for you. Mm-hmm. So, so we're we're in a in a consensus that film adaptations of the Bible is a wisdom issue, and ought to be if you're going to view something with that ought to be done with great caution. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess we didn't even get to my question that I was asking at the start. So, what was that? On the Jesus film. Was, oh, we're, well, this is getting way too long. I don't know what the Jesus film is, so I don't right. know. But it was used as an evangelistic tool. Oh, was it? That, yeah, like the Passion. Right. But probably not. I don't. I haven't seen it either, so. Sure. I've just heard stories of it. Yeah, well, can God use something like that? Well, sure, he's God. Yeah, he reveals himself, what, in dreams or, I mean, we've heard stories. Of Muslims. Dr- and yes. Yeah. So I Jesus came to me in a dream and now I'm a Christian. Yeah. And so, his whole family wants to kill him. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't want to discredit that. <laughs> yeah. Because you really just gave up your life. Right. Yeah. Then even the Jesus film can be considered the foolishness of preaching. Yeah. That's one true. One way or another. Yeah. God so, can use it. Even if it depicts. <laughs> so you said you didn't necessarily have a problem with depicting Christ in film, you just have to be very careful in how you do it. Yeah, I'm more of the opinion that if Jesus is going to be depicted on a screen or a page, it ought he ought to be, a, the man depicting him ought to be a placeholder rather than full-bodied details seen. Like the Ben-Hur handing the glass of water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or in some children's storybooks that have the same kind of perspective, you know, Jesus up on the cross, but in shadow. Hmm. You know, there's a man there, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. Or if he's being crucified, uh, his head's down so you don't see his face. He's mm-hmm. more of a placeholder okay. for the man, for the flesh. Yeah. Maybe I should. I'll, I'll see if I can watch that. I'm kind of curious on the, the Jesus film. Oh, now you're going to go, after all of this, now you're going to go watch one? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, to see if they, if they, how they depicted him. Yeah, I'm I don't know. I'm curious because I've just heard a lot of stories, uh-huh. like firsthand testimonies and that yeah. kind of stuff. And that's true, because when you had said that before, I realized whenever I hear the scripture reading, in spite of the the films that I've seen, you don't, it's not a clear picture that you get in your head of Jesus on the cross. Even in your own imagination, it's, it's more of a placeholder. Hmm. So that's interesting. That is it, yeah. Yeah, but we're not monophysites, so Jesus has two natures. Monophysite yeah. says he has one. So. Yeah. One nature to how does that work? I mean, so there obviously it's heresy, like hypostatic. Sorry. And monophysite believes just one that he's just God. Yeah. Okay. So gotcha. that sorry. He, he ought not not to be depicted because he's God. 
Okay. But we're not monophysites. Jesus is God and man. And you're not you're not supposed to, according to the law, depict uh, the invisible nature of God in an image. Because the only way you could do that is if it was a created thing. Hmm. But flesh is created and Jesus came in it. <laughs> so he has he has a created nature about him. Yeah. Because he's in flesh. And that uh through down down through history, like you said, in church history has been depicted. So Yeah. And what you mean by nature might be have to be another podcast. <laughs> no, I don't think so. There's divine and creature. Those are two natures. <clears throat> okay. Defined. All right. You guys want to say anything else about open wine? Bottle number two? No. Man, there was a, I did a lot of whining, didn't I? I no, I wasn't this, much help. We probably lost some listeners on that one. Bottle's about gone. I think you need it. It's still recording. It's okay. Never mind. You're going to tell me after. <laughs> it's the recording. Never mind. You're going to tell me what I need to do when I no. click stop recording? Yeah. Yeah. No. That was good. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast. If you have questions you would like us to whine about, <laughs> you can certainly send them in to us and we'd be happy to discuss them. So we'll see you next time. Proverbs 25 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast, where the glory of God is revealed in the stories of man. If you're interested in what we are doing, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contribute with your questions or recommendations, you can email us at storiesforglory at protonmail.com.